Good morning. It's good to be here with everybody. Uh, as you know, we've been preaching through uh, a series in 2 Timothy. Well, with the COVID scares and everything that happened, we weren't sure if Wayne was going to be back, so we're going to do something different this morning. This morning, I want to talk about following good examples. That may seem like a basic sermon topic, and it is. It's probably one of the simplest sermons you've ever heard. Just follow good examples. I know something that I've noticed in my life over the last few years is my search for good examples to follow. And I see that in a lot of different ways. I read a lot of books. I read books about uh, being more productive, trying to find examples to follow so I can be more productive. I read books about Christian living so I can try to see maybe some things they've implemented so I can be a better Christian. I'm looking for those good examples I can follow. Uh, I watch YouTube videos on how to cook certain things. Sometimes it doesn't work very well, but I follow them anyways. Uh, I'm looking for those kinds of examples to follow. I want to share one in particular that I recently followed. I guess it's been a few months back. I watched a, a Netflix documentary called Minimalism, and this was a, a fun one for me. It, it was basically about two guys who basically got rid of everything that they owned. They only kept four or five changes of clothes, uh, a small single bed in their apartment, a cheap car, and a laptop. And that's about all they had to their name. Uh, a little flip phone, I think, is what they had. And they, they basically cut out all of the extra stuff out of their life. They simplified it. They were saving money. And I watched that, and I thought, man, that's a great idea. And I thought it was so great, in fact, that I went to my closet, and I started purging stuff out. I started cleaning my dresser out, and I was looking for anything lying around the house that I could get rid of. Now, Katie, on the other hand, wasn't that thrilled about it. She thought I'd lost my mind, and it took me a while to figure out why she felt that way. Uh, she gently reminded me that there's been a lot of examples that I've followed over the years that have kind of led me in the wrong direction. And after that gentle reminder, I started to think, and she was right. I followed an example one time, and I ended up with a closet full of nothing but Hawaiian shirts, and uh, I couldn't figure out. I never had anything nice to wear. That's all I had. Uh, I found a, a diet online one time where all you do is you eat three things a day, three small things for a whole week, and you're supposed to lose like 15 pounds. And we tried it, and after day three, uh, we were miserable. We were on our couch eating Fruit Loops. We, we didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, I followed the, the example of a friend that really led me into a, a big money pit, and I started buying all kinds of coffee and espresso machines, and I started going down the rabbit hole. And honestly, I'm still following that one a little bit, uh, it doesn't help that I've got coffee roasters in the congregation, so that one doesn't help much. But the point is, I've always followed examples, and some have led me down the wrong path. Katie even said to me, you always do this. You always jump into something, and you don't really think about the consequences of it. You follow these examples, thinking your end is going to be just like theirs, when in reality, it's not always that way. Uh, it always doesn't work for me. The point is, there's a lot of examples out there that we can follow, and some of them lead us in, in a good direction, but some lead you to have a closet full of nothing but Hawaiian shirts. The point is, we're always looking at examples to follow and things we can implement in our life, and the same is true in our Christianity. We're always looking at people to follow, people to model after, things that we can implement in our life. We find them in Scripture, we find them in people that we're surrounded by. But sometimes they're not always good examples. Sometimes we follow bad examples. Today I want to talk about why we follow good examples. If you'll turn with me to the book of Philippians. 
That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. In the book of Philippians. Now, in the book of Philippians, Paul doesn't come right out and say, follow good examples very often. I think it's only twice he really talks about examples. But the concept is littered all throughout this entire book. Now, when you read through the book of Philippians, it's pretty evident that there's some circumstances going on at the church in Philippi where they were having a hard time getting along with each other. The first command in the entire book is in chapter 1, verse 27. And it says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. And as you go throughout the book, you really get the impression that they weren't doing that. They weren't conducting themselves in a manner worthy. If you look at chapter 2, verse 2, Paul tells them to make my joy complete. And that really gives you the impression that Paul's joy wasn't complete because of the way they were acting. He follows make my joy complete by being of the same mind and on and on. And you get the impression that Paul wasn't happy with them. In chapter 2, verse 12, he says, work out your salvation. And you get the impression that something was there that was uh, affecting their salvation. Something that may have been in the way of, of getting them to salvation. In chapter 2, verse 14, he said, do all things without grumbling or arguing. Now that really, I think, gives us more of an indication of what was going on here. And you see the big one in chapter 4, verse 2, where he said, I urge Iodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony. You see, the church in Philippi was having trouble getting along. They were fighting, and it seems that these two women in chapter 4 were contributing largely to it. Now, the way that Paul addresses this is really what I want to talk about. He addresses this in the book by teaching about selflessness and putting others before yourself and regarding people as better than yourself. And he does that. He, he starts chapter 2 by talking about make my joy complete by being of the same mind and the same spirit and talks about all of that unity that he desires. But then, all throughout chapter 2 and 3, he gives examples of that. Starting in chapter 2, verse 5, he gives really the ultimate example of Jesus. And he talks about how he was God... But he, he emptied himself and he came to earth to be a servant so that he could save us. See, Jesus was that selfless example. When you get to chapter 2, verse 19, he gives Timothy as an example. And he talks about how he was preaching for the sake of Jesus and not out of selfishness like other people were. See, Timothy was a guy who had a sincere concern about others. See, Timothy was that second example for them. As you continue in chapter 2, down in verse 25, he gives Epaphroditus, the young preacher. And he talks about how Epaphroditus was worried about everybody else when he was the one that was sick. You see the theme of these selfless examples over and over. Again, in chapter 3, starting around verse 3 or 4, Paul starts to talk about all of his Jewish titles and his status and how he gave them all up for the cause of Christ. See, Paul is another selfless example for them. And that leads us to the passage I want to study today. Chapter 3, starting in verse 17. We're going to study chapter 3, verse 17 through 21. If you don't mind, I want to read through this entire passage. And I want you to notice the flow of thought. He, gives, he says, I want you to make my joy complete by being of the same mind. And he starts giving all of these examples of selflessness and people putting others before themselves. And then he comes here to chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Brethren, join in following my example... And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. You see, in this passage, as you follow that flow of thought, Paul is saying one thing. He's saying, follow these good examples that I've given you. I want you to follow good examples. But not only does he tell them he wants them to follow them, he tells them why. Today, what I want to do is I want to spend our time looking at why we should follow good examples. The first reason Paul gives, there's going to be two reasons that Paul gives. The first one is we should follow good examples because bad examples lead to destruction. Notice in verse 17 of this passage, Paul comes out and says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Paul's telling them to to follow his example, but not only that, to observe or to uh, take note of or to keep your eye on others who follow our example as well. And the, the idea of that word observe is it's the same origin that we get our word scope. He wants them to observe these people as if using a scope. Watch them closely and follow their example. Now notice in verse 18, he starts with this little word for. This shows that he's now going to give his first reason why people should follow his example and follow the example of those who follow their example. He says, For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now tell you with many tears, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their stomach, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Paul's pretty clear in this verse that he wants them to follow the good examples because the bad ones are going to lead them the wrong way. They're going to lead them to destruction. Paul said these bad examples were enemies of the cross of Christ. That means the life that they lived put them at odds with everything that Jesus died for. Their life was going to lead them to be an enemy of Jesus. The, it's, a, it's interesting, the word enemy could more literally be translated haters. <laughs> haters of Christianity is what these people were. He said that their end is destruction. This means the, the way that they were living had them headed towards destruction. They may not have known it, but they were headed for destruction because of the way that they were living their life. He said that God is their stomach. Now, it's kind of hard to tell if he's talking about their, their physical body became their God or if it's more like their appetite. Either way, I think the point is the same. Their physical being was their object of worship rather than God. And that's the point he's making. Their God became their own physical being in this earth. He said their glory is in their shame. This means they were people who were glorifying in and, and bragging about the shameful lives that they were living. Things that should have brought them down to humiliation and shame. They were being honored and glorified for. He said their minds were set on earthly things. See, these these bad examples that he talks about were focused on the world around them and nothing else. They weren't looking to what came after this life, but only what this life could give them. They were looking at and focused on things that had nothing to do with God, nothing to do with eternity, nothing to do with Christianity. Now, it's pretty clear why Paul would shed so many tears over people like this. And if I can paraphrase what what Paul is telling the Philippians, he said, don't follow them. Don't go the direction they're going. Their end is destruction. They are enemies of everything that we stand for. Don't follow their example, but follow ours. It reminds me of a time when I was in high school. I spent a lot of time hanging around the wrong crowd. And I've shared with a lot of you a little about my, my history before becoming a Christian. I was very influenced by the world. I was very influenced in a lot of different ways. I had an uncle that I really looked up to, 
And he had just gotten out of prison, and he was really working hard to get his life back together. And I loved that about him. Well, I thought, because he came from a rough background, I could share some of my wild, crazy stories with him. So I started telling him about things that me and my friends were doing that we shouldn't have been doing, and I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked me in the eye, and he said, Colton, you need to watch who you hang around with. If you run with dogs, you'll catch fleas. And I remember I kind of chuckled at that statement. I thought, run with dogs, you'll catch fleas. That was, that was kind of clever. But looking back, he was right. I ended up running with dogs and catching fleas. The more I was influenced by those people I was surrounded by, the more I followed their example, and the more it got me in trouble as I got older until I became a Christian and I knew I needed better examples in my life. If you really think about what my uncle told me, he said the same thing Paul is saying, just in a little more backwoods way. He's saying follow good examples. Get those bad examples out of your life because they're going to lead you to destruction. Don't we face that same thing today? Don't we have people that surround us that are bad examples for us? Don't we have people around us in our lives that fit the same descriptions Paul gave? Haters of Christianity? There's people in the world who are literally mocking us for the things that we stand for. People whose end is destruction. People whose God is their stomach. People whose glory is in their shameful living. Are people glorifying homosexuality today? Are people glorifying going to the bars and getting drunk? Are people glorifying sex before marriage? You see, all around us, we're surrounded by this. People glorifying and shameful living. What about people whose mind is set on earthly things? Who have no concept of eternity and what's coming. No concept of God and Christianity. All they think about is what's here and now. See, these descriptions aren't just of the first century church at Philippi. These are 21st century descriptions. These are things we face every day. Now, don't think these descriptions are just of the people out there. Don't think it's just in the world that the bad examples exist. exist. Do we ever have people in the church who stand at odds with Christ? People whose, whose lives stand against everything Jesus died for. People who go around and gossip and badmouth the people that Jesus died for. People that, that seek to divide the church. You see, that's what makes us an enemy of the cross. You see, it's not just outside that where the problem is, but those bad examples can be right here. And we can't let those get to us. We cannot follow those bad examples. What about people who glorify and shameful living? Do we ever see that in the church? You know, we, we, we mentioned the people who badmouth each other. Sometimes they say they're doing it for the sake of the church, to help the church. Sometimes people say they're dividing the church because it needs to divide, because there's a problem, or because there's drama, and they, they're doing it all and saying, we're helping the church, we're trying to grow the church. And they slap the label of Christianity on something that they should be ashamed of. See, that's glorifying shameful living. And we cannot fall into following those examples. What about people whose minds are set on earthly things? I think this is the biggest one I see. When you get out into the foyer after worship and the only conversation you have is about the game this weekend. See, is that your mind set on earthly things? Not one spiritual conversation happens. You see, we've got to be a people who learn to sharpen each other by having spiritual conversations and talking about being a Christian. We can't be people whose mind is set on earthly things. We cannot let that bad example penetrate the church. We are spiritual people, and we have to live that way. We cannot follow the bad example of our mind being set on earthly things. 
See, I don't, I don't bring all of these things up to make us feel bad about ourselves or like we need to, to purge the church of all the negativity and all of that. I bring it up because sometimes we have a tendency to say only the bad examples exist out there. But that's not the case. The church can be full of bad examples. Sometimes we can be the bad example, and we've got to fix that. We've got to start being people who look at good examples and say, I want to follow these good examples, the things I see in Scripture, the Christians around me who are godly men and women. We've got to follow good examples because the bad ones are going to lead us to destruction. Now, the second reason that Paul gives in this passage, he says we should follow good examples because they're going to lead us to heaven. In verse 20, Paul starts to highlight his second reason to the Philippians. And he starts saying, in verse 20, he starts with that little word for again. He's given his second reason here. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. See, in this second in this second reason, Paul is highlighting why we need to follow the good examples instead of the bad. And it's because they're going to lead us to heaven. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven. You see, these good examples are the people who have a home waiting for them on the other side. They're people who have citizenship in the new city that is to come, the new Jerusalem. These people are citizens of that. He says that we are eagerly waiting for our Savior Jesus Christ. See, these good examples have a hope that goes beyond this world. It exists far greater than what this world has to offer. He says, we're waiting for the transformation of our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Again, Paul is showing that hope for something greater. He's emphasizing the heavenly body that these people are going to receive after this life. He says that the Lord Jesus will subject all things to himself in the end. He's showing that every single thing ultimately in this world is going to be put subject to Jesus in the end. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess, right? Now, if you really look closely at this, Paul's doing something really cool. He's hammering home this contrast between the good examples and the bad examples. He says, they are enemies of the cross of Christ, but we are citizens in heaven. He says, their end is destruction, but our end is being saved from destruction. He's saying their God is their stomach, but our hope is in a new body. He says their glory is in their shame, but our glory is in the return of Christ. He says their mind is set on earthly things, but our Savior is going to put all the earthly things in subjection to him. It's easy to see what Paul's doing. He, he wants these Christians to see that these bad examples have all of their eggs in the wrong basket. They're, they're focusing on everything this world has to offer and not considering anything that comes after this life. Whereas the good examples, that's where their focus is. And that's why they need to follow them because those good examples are going to lead them to heaven. They're going to lead them to be more like Jesus. They're going to lead them to salvation. Paul's laying out his case to show them why they need to follow good examples. And it's because following good examples leads them to heaven. You know, my life has changed dramatically over the last six months. I've had my first baby, and it's been a whirlwind. Sometimes I don't know when the last time I showered was. I don't know when the last time Lucy had a bath was. Uh, it's been crazy. Sometimes I don't know which way is up. But one thing that remains constant in me being a, a new father is my desire to be a good example. My desire to be an example for Katie and for Lucy as they go through life, even in the middle of all the chaos, I want them to be able to look at me 
and follow in my footsteps and be led to heaven. That's my, one of my biggest goals as a father. Now, the hard part is I've never raised kids before, and I know it's hard. But lucky for me is I'm surrounded by men and women like you who have done it before who can help me out. You see, good examples are so valuable. They're valuable for me to lead my family, but they're also valuable for me because I get to look at all of you guys. And I get to see how you've done things and how how you've raised your Christian family. You see, there's so much value in having good examples, and that's why Paul is making this point here. He wants the Christians in Philippi to see that following good examples is what's needed. Because following the good examples is going to lead them to heaven. Do you see the value in a good example? Do you see the value in also being a good example? You see, as hard as it can be to lead people in the right direction and teach them things, one of the most powerful things that we can do is be an example for somebody. Paul wanted the Philippians, more than anything, to look at the good examples that he gave them so that they could go to heaven and forget about the bad examples, leave them behind, and follow the good. And I trust that Paul wants the same things for us today to follow good examples. And I think most of us understand the value in that, but are we really looking for that? Are we really trying to find a good example to follow? When's the last time that you looked at a faithful Christian and the way they were living and said, man, I want to live more like that? When's the last time you you heard someone get up and say a prayer and it was just a heartfelt and passionate prayer and you said, man, I want to pray more like that? When's the last time you sat in a sermon or a Bible class and you studied about a, a person in Scripture and you said, man, I want to be like that? When's the last time you examined the life of Jesus and said, I want to be like that? You see, that's the kind of examples and influences that we need in our life. We need people in Scripture to, that have revealed godliness in their character and follow their example. We need people around us who are showing that every day. And we can say, I want to follow them. I want to be more like that. See, there's value in following good examples. And that's the point Paul is making here. I want you to follow good examples because they're going to lead you to heaven. All throughout the book of Philippians, Paul shows example after example to these people of, like he said in chapter 1, how to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. He gives them example after example through this book. And then he closes and kind of comes to a climax here at the end of chapter 3 and says, follow these good examples. And he gives them two reasons, as we've seen today. He wants them to follow good examples because bad examples are going to lead to destruction. And he wants them to follow good examples because they're going to lead them to heaven. And it's a simple message and it's the same simple message for us today we need to follow good examples what kind of example are you following when you look at your life if you were to write your life on paper and the influences in your life what kind of examples are they paul in first corinthians 11 1 said follow me as i follow christ when somebody looks at your life do they see christ living in you because of the people you follow when somebody looks at the way you're living Do they see a Christian or do they see somebody who's followed the influence of the world? What kind of examples have you allowed to influence your life? I want to ask a few questions. If Jesus were to read your Facebook post, what kind of examples would he say that you followed? If he were to read your text messages, what kind of example would he say that you followed? Or your internet history. If Jesus walked in our congregation today, What kind of example would he say that we have followed? Would he say we have followed division? Would he say we followed gossip and bad-mouthing? Would he say we followed hatred for our brother and sister? 
Or would he say we followed love and unity and purity? If Jesus heard every conversation that you had with the people in this building, what kind of example would he say that you followed? You see, these questions might reveal what kind of examples we have been following. See, we have to follow good examples. And Paul is given some of the greatest here in this book. We can follow Jesus. He's the ultimate example for everything. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We can follow Paul. We can follow Timothy, Epaphroditus. The list goes beyond this book. We've got Peter and Matthew and James and John and Barnabas. And the list goes on and on. But it goes beyond Scripture too. We've got people like Wayne and Joe and Buddy and Gail and David and Lon and Cliff. This room is full of good examples that we can follow. Are we following those people to be a better follower of Jesus? Or are we following the people around us that are, that are setting the bad example, that are leading us the wrong direction? We need to be mindful of the kind of examples that we follow. We need to follow good examples. This week, I want you to try two things. I want you to first, I want you to ask yourself, if someone was following me, would they be led to heaven? And as you ask yourself that, I want you to look inwardly and say, what can I change so that that can be true? So that that can be said of me, that if people were following me, they could be led to heaven. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to find a Christian that you look up to here at university. Somebody that you think is a faithful member of the church that you look up to, and I want you to ask them for one piece of advice to staying faithful, to being a Christian. And I think if we can all work together and start talking about how we can help each other and following each other's examples, first of all, we're going to grow closer together. We're going to start to sharpen each other. We're going to start being more faithful people. We have to look for these good examples in our life. This morning, it's a simple message. I want you to follow good examples. If you're here this morning and maybe you've struggled following examples, you've had bad examples in your life and you feel like you're headed the wrong direction, we want to help you. We want to encourage you and pray for you. If you're here and you feel like maybe you've been a bad example, we still want to pray for you and encourage you to change that. If there's any need that you have, if you want to become a Christian, if you have any need for prayers or encouragement, we want to help you. If you'll come forward as we stand and sing this last song.